0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 209 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's episode is called Leah is Good, and it is sponsored by Real Good Foods, Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes. You should go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more about the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. When you're at realgoodfoods.com, use the offer code Juicebox to save 20% on your entire order. You heard me right 20%. You can visit dancingfordiabetes.com or check them out on Facebook and Instagram to see what they're doing. And of course, if you'd like a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod sent directly to your door, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And now, onto the show.
1: It's so weird to talk to you, I have to say. I've been listening to your voice for like six months, so it's very exciting.
0: I appreciate you being excited. Uh, there's no reason to be excited. <laughs> In this episode of the podcast, we're going to be speaking with Leah, who has had type 1 diabetes for a very long time, and she also has a child with type 1. I want to remind you that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan. Programming note, beginning next week, I'll be running a series of conversations with Jenny Smith. She's the CD who's been on a couple of times. You guys love her, I love her, and we are gonna be talking about being bold with insulin. Soup to nuts, what's that mean? From MDI to temp basils and everything in between. You're gonna get all the concepts that are spoken about spread out over all these episodes. In super targeted, shorter, consumable, shareable, revisitable episodes of the podcast. You're going to love it.
1: My name is Leah. I am a wife, a mom of two. I am a nurse and I have type 1 diabetes. And my son, Mason, also has type 1 diabetes.
0: Leah, how old were you when you were diagnosed?
1: I was 16 years old um, the summer before my senior year, and that was in 1991.
0: Mm-hmm. I say 2001 and 17. Oh, 1991. Was that 20? Was it 20?
1: 20, 27 27? years ago. I was yeah, so close yeah. To it, and then you yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: I don't know if you saw what I did there. I went ninety one to two thousand one, and right away I put ten. Oh,
1: I see. You were doing the math. Yeah, yeah. I, put, I put
0: ten years right in the bank, and then I counted from one to eighteen. I got seventeen. Then I added the ten and the seventeen together, and then I was about to come up with twenty seven. But that's a very long time to have uh, to have diabetes.
1: Yeah, it it's been most of my life.
0: Yeah. Does it feel? Does it genuinely feel like that?
1: Um, it does. Yes, it's it's. It's hard to remember a time before. I mean, I do remember it because I was 16, but most of my life I feel like I've had diabetes.
0: Well, great fun. Um, Was there any indication that you might get diabetes? Uh, People in your family? No. Nothing like that.
1: At the time, it was a big surprise. I had never known anyone with um, type 1. I knew what it was, but I... I didn't have anyone in my family. I thought it was just a fluke that I just got lucky. And, um, but then it turns out that there is um, some autoimmune history in my family. A lot of my aunts have hypothyroid. And then later on, some other people were diagnosed with other autoimmune diseases.
0: When you think about it, other autoimmune diseases in your family history, just on the female side or male and female? Just a brief reminder that at some point today, you should visit DancingForDiabetes.com. Dancing, the number four, Diabetes.com. Both. Okay. So, yeah, they were getting around to diabetes. It was coming, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Later on, my um, cousin's child was also diagnosed, no, diagnosed with type 1. And, you know, then my son was diagnosed last year.
0: Okay. How's your thyroid holding up?
1: Uh, I have hypothyroid. <laughs> yeah, I've had it. For about 20 years.
0: Okay. All right. So, all right. right. I I think we understand where we're at.
1: Yeah.
0: So 16 years old at almost 30 years ago, you were just needles and a meter?
1: Yes. Yes. I had a big meter with um, big drops of blood. It was a one touch. And um, I had a big kit. And I did... um, Um, needles with regular insulin and NPH and you combine them into the syringe and gave yourself an injection that way.
0: Were they disposable syringes then? Yes. They were. Okay. Well, uh, hold on a second. Arden's blood sugar is trying to creep up on me. She is in her first couple weeks of high school and oh, is it trying to move? She's in her first couple weeks of high school. She started off all strong the first day. She's like, "I'm going to buy okay. lunch this year," and I was like, "Okay." Uh huh. And she came home the first day, and she goes, "I'm not buying lunch anymore." That was after I put like fifty dollars in her account. So I'm like, "Yeah, uh, okay." I've been figuring out her time of day. She's been getting a little, her blood sugar is trying to go up in the ver- in the early morning, which it di- mm-hmm. it didn't do last year. So we've been bolusing a little bit. I did a really uh, a fun bolus today because she was 96 um, right before about eight 10 minutes before lunch and so I did a 12 and a half unit bolus but I did it extended and I did zero percent up front and the mm-hmm. uh, the entire balance over a half an hour and so I got a little more of a dip it held and now it's at 121 and it says it's stable but the dexcom lines giving me the indication that maybe it wants to go up.
1: Yeah, it's
0: I'm, creeping up. It, it, it's. Tr- I think it's trying, but I'm going to give it five more minutes before I bolus again. So, and it's been about an hour since we did the extended. So, the whole bolus has been in for about a half an hour. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just going to be keeping half an eye on that as we go.
1: No, I do the same thing all the day with my son.
0: Well, how did that? So, well, so wait. So, first of all, we we have to get you up to the present day. So, you started. Okay. You started with your needles and your MPH. your yep. Regular. That went on mm-hmm. for how long? Do you think?
1: Um. Well, I I was, um, I, until the pen came out, and then Lantus came out about 2001, I think, and I switched to Lantus and Humalog, and I did pens until um, my son's diagnosis. I never had a pump. I never had a pump.
0: Wow, okay, so you were 10 years regular in MPH, and then yeah. you, you went the next 16 years, my math is on point today, and uh-huh. you did the next 16 years still MDI, and how was that going yes. for you as far as your day-to-day... Um, like, were you, did you have it down? Did you know what you like? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I pretty quickly, when I got diabetes, I was in the hospital for, um, a week and I hated it. It was not, not fun at all. And i never wanted to be there again. And I quickly figured out what I needed to do to take care of my body. And, um, I quickly figured out how to do it by feeling and not really going by a carb ratio. And I would go to the endo and they say what's your carb ratio and I I just kind of guess what I thought it was but I was like okay I know what a sandwich would be I know what um you know an apple would be I just you knew, knew my
0: units would be would would cover this food. Yes. And was yes. was was your knowing based on how you felt after you ate or yes. were you testing after you ate?
1: I tested a lot okay. but I also felt it and anytime I'm over like 140 I feel I feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I'm under 60, I feel it. So I just went along, took care of myself. Everything was going good. Every time I went to my appointments, they say, Oh, your numbers look great. Keep doing what you're doing. So that's what I did. And, you know, as soon as I became a nurse, um, I would go to the doctors and they would just kind of assume that I knew everything. Yeah. um, but, at the time, there wasn't a lot of changes going on, and um so I wasn't seeking out information. I just was doing what worked okay and um, you know, I was offered a pump, but all they would say is, "Hey, do you want a pump?" and I would say no i I don't want one I'm good i'm everything's going well. I'm good how i am
0: did you and did you not can I ask you, did you not want yeah. a pump because just things were going so well, you didn't feel like you needed to change
1: no i this sounds kind of silly, but I did not want to pump because I didn't think it was sexy.
0: Ah, gotcha. I do everything based on how sexy I feel. That's not <laughs> even true at all. You know,
1: I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, I I, I, I don't feel the same way now at all. Okay. But, um, but that was your know. reasoning
0: back then. You just—that's yeah, how it I couldn't figure me.
1: out what to what I would do with this tubing and, um, you know, like a, a pager-looking thing hanging out of me. I just didn't know how that w- would work on me.
0: You know, it's funny as, as you and I are talking in September of 2018 and I recognize that this probably won't go up for like three months. I can picture myself now humming, bringing sexy back as I insert the Omnipod ad right here. Arden's been using an Omnipod every day for almost 11 years. And just this morning, I was thinking about the first time that I saw an Omnipod. It was at a pump training class at our local children's hospital. I made the decision that day based on very little information. I'm not going to lie to you. I saw that it was tubeless. I saw that it seemed innovative. It was thinking different than the other pumps in the room. A lot of which, by the way, are out of business now. But I remember, and I feel proud about this, looking at the Omnipod and thinking, when they change this pump, when they improve it, when they upgrade it, I'm just going to get the improvements because it's self-contained. I was excited that my daughter wouldn't have to have something attached to her by tubing. I mean, that was probably my first thought. But then just the idea of innovation and being able to move forward quickly, being agile as a company, as a product, that excited me. And 11 years later, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that I made the absolute correct choice that day. And if you check out the Omnipod and decide you like it, today will be that day for you. The great news is it's simple. All you have to do is go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and request a free no-obligation demo of the Omnipod. That gets you started. Then if you like it, you reach back out and tell them, I want to move forward. I want to be untethered. I want to wear an Omnipod like Arden. It's that easy. Myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Oh, we are going to bolus Arden and then we're going to get back to your, uh, to your, to your feelings. Hold on one second. Sounds good. She went from 121 to 127. And so I am going to assume that it's going to try to keep climbing. I'm going to say, Hey, she's probably going to say, Hi. Oh, she did. And I'm going to say one unit and I got the K back. The teen answer to everything on text. First of all, I want to say that I think that that's a completely reasonable thought like just to say this really isn't Sexy like I don't want you trying to feel feminine and or just like a person and you don't want something slapped you I will tell you right away that the first time someone Indicated to us that pumps were a thing. I Thought I don't want something stuck to my daughter like, you know, I, I didn't think she wasn't gonna look sexy because she was four but but right. she but mm-hmm. she I definitely just thought this is going to alter reality in a way that is it can't be good as what I thought like I thought this just can't be good but you get to this point or at least I did where you realize you can't judge everything based on before before diabetes right right, right. like you have mm-hmm. type 1 diabetes now everything needs to be judged in that lens you can't you can't hold up the idea, but I don't want this in my life. Because, honestly, you don't get to make decisions like that. And and we all we all get caught up in that sort of, like, false feeling that things are going the way we want them to, and if they don't, we change them. And most things are like that, right? You know, if you don't like the paint in your living room, you might change the color. But Your descent or ride to the end of your life is going to go about the way it's going to go. Some people get type 1 diabetes when they're 16. Some people get type 2 diabetes when they're 60. And all other ages. Some people get, you know, uh, some people fall off a ladder cleaning out their gutters. As as that person's falling, my gut is they think, oh, crap. And I can't believe this is how I'm going to die. You know, like because no one thinks they're going to fall off a ladder. And no one right. thinks they're getting diabetes, but it doesn't stop us from judging. It doesn't stop us from judging what's happening to us now against what we wanted to happen. It's just very human, I guess. So I think you had a, a very reasonable reaction and you stuck to it. You stuck to your guns. I did. Yeah, yeah. Even
1: through like my two pregnancies, they, um, Lantus wasn't approved when I was pregnant, um, to use. So I had to go back to NPH and I did it around the clock. I had to do NPH injections every six hours on top of the Humalog I was taking. So I did it like for two years because I had my kids, um, there 15 months apart. So yeah. What are
0: those called? I, Irish twins?
1: Oh, not quite. Not quite? Less than a year. But, less than
0: a year, make some Irish twins? Gotcha.
1: You know, and the thing is, I was open to having a pump if I couldn't manage it the way I was. I wasn't like... But you were. Yeah, yeah. It was going well. And I just,
0: what was, um, when I, I was going to say, what was considered a good A1C back then? What was the ADA saying back then? Was it still, was it seven and a half
1: at that point?
0: Do you remember? I don't even
1: know. Cause mine was always in the low sixes.
0: Oh, so you just were like, I'm killing this and it doesn't,
1: I just was, yeah. I, you know, I didn't, I did what I needed to do. I mm-hmm. didn't think about it. I just, um, you know, I, I took care of myself, but I didn't, think about diabetes all that much. And, um, I didn't know anyone with diabetes, so I just kind of did it without thinking about it.
0: Yeah. You were just a, like an Island unto yourself, like just by yeah. yourself and handling it and a low A1C eating a, a fairly regular, what people would consider yeah. a normal diet. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. I just figured out like if I was going to eat a high carb that I had to take a boatload of insulin Yeah, and then, that's I still do that I I um I eat low carb now um because we uh both my kids have celiac disease too okay. um Jeez so we lady. don't have a lot of <laughs> I, know, I know it's all, you okay yeah. you want to go
0: cry for a minute and come back and we can no. keep doing this no you're okay
1: <laughs> no I'm actually good yeah. I'm we'll see I'm you're really you're, good yeah. you're a
0: great example right because look what you've said in the first couple of minutes I, I got type 1 diabetes when I'm 16 my kid got it last year my, you know, my, my niece or I'm sorry, my niece or nephew has it. There's I have hypothyroidism. My kids are celiac, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm good. Like, you,
1: you know, it's, it's a perspective and it's, and it's the way, um, you view things. Cause, um, you know, I am a nurse and I work, um, in a cancer center and I see a lot of really rare things and terminal patients and, So I have a different perspective, I think, than most people that um, to me, it doesn't feel that bad. Diabetes does not feel that bad. And I've always felt that way. And I've said that and um, uh, I don't know what to say. It, It just maybe I feel like I'm lucky that I've been able to control it as I have. And I don't know why.
0: Well, also, you you it occurs to me as you're talking that you don't have a preconceived notion of what good means. Just I think being alive is good, right? And, yeah. And having a family yeah. and living your life. Oh yeah. That's the good yeah. One, right.
1: Absolutely.
0: I, I hear you. I really do. I I think it's perspective is is everything. To be perfectly honest, you, you know, like even down to the things that, you know, I don't know how how much people would believe or not believe that most of the correspondence I get back is, Hey, I heard what you're saying on the podcast about stuff and it's great. But every once in a while I hear from somebody who is just really, it, they don't get it. Like it didn't click yeah. with them or it didn't work with them or whatever. And then that, that not clicking for some people turns directly to anger to, yes. to you know, I did what I did, what I heard people saying and it didn't work and angry. Like right yeah. away. And I and I always think, well, you know, let's try again. Or right. did it get any better? Or like did you see any improvement? Did anything about this? Like, but no, right away to and I think that's their perspective too. And I don't know that you can you know, I'm gonna use an example from somebody who I know will never hear this. But um Arden just started on a new softball team not too long ago. And there's one girl on the team who just seems pissed all the time. There's no other real way to put it she just seems angry constantly and then one day her one of her parents shows up and her parent is disabled to the point where they're riding a scooter around the the game and I tried to strike up a conversation with the parent and she was three times as angry as the kid mm-hmm. and I thought what chance does this little girl have of not being angry her mom is. Obviously upset about something. She doesn't try to hide it and this girl's taking on that 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 kind of like she's taking on the mantle of the family like this is what we do. We're mad And and maybe it's completely reasonable that they're angry. I don't know the rest of their story but I also know that I've met people like you said in far worse situations who are not like that and so and so there is to some degree you have to say in there. There was a moment when someone decided this is too much for me. I can't handle this. Or I just don't want to, or this wasn't the rose garden I was promised. And so because of that, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. I don't know that I completely, well, not completely. I I wouldn't judge anybody for that happening to them. Like, I think we all have a tipping point, you know, And, and just some people's might be a little more, um, Their resolve might be a little stronger than other people for a a number of reasons. But I love your attitude, and I think that was amazing. That's a long way of saying I loved your answer when you said, no, I'm good. If you've been searching for low-carb, high-protein snacks that are made from real ingredients, look no further. And bonus, if you're the kind of person who likes saving 20%, well, I've got a deal for you. You need to go to realgoodfoods.com and when you check out, use the offer code JUICEBOX to save that 20%. There's also free shipping, but that's not the best part. The best part comes when you open your oven and smell those amazing snacks. Just the other night, I had the jalapeno and white cheddar poppers. They also have artichoke and cheese and pepperoni and mozzarella, but let me tell you a little more about the poppers. They're chicken poppers, delicious chicken filled with natural ingredients. My wife, she leans towards the enchiladas. That's pretty much her favorite thing at Real Good Foods. Kelly loves the chicken enchiladas, the beef enchiladas, and she's getting ready to try the pork. Arden says the cheese are her favorite. Now my mom loves the cauliflower crust pizza. You can get cauliflower vegetable, pepperoni, margarita, or just cheese. So satisfy your low carb desires and your high level taste all in the same place. RealGoodFoods.com. And don't forget that when you finish your shopping, before you place your order, to use the offer code JUICEBOX to save 20% off the entire order. And Real Good Foods will even throw in free shipping. And I have to tell you something, their shipping is crazy amazing. It was the one thing I was concerned about, about ordering food and having it delivered to my house like that, food that's supposed to be frozen. I just had this concern it would show up and like, you know, be warm, but just the opposite. The person who devised this shipping plan is a genius. Smart as the guy who made the poppers. If you didn't have a pump for all that time, like what made you get a pump?
1: As soon as my son was diagnosed that night at the hospital, it just clicked in my head. I was like, he's getting a pump. He's getting the Omnipod and I am too. And we're doing it right away. And um, I, I don't know why that just was very, that thought was, very firmly in my brain that I had seen the Omnipod at um, um, we had teaching it at work and I had seen it and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. I'd never seen a tubeless pump before. And, and so we didn't go to the class. I just went to the first endo appointment and said, we want the Omnipod. And I messaged my endocrinologist and said, I want to get one. And so like within a month we got a Omnipod and the Dexcom.
0: Right at the same time?
1: Yeah, we both did within a week. I got mine first and he was super bummed. And then, um, you know, we went in a week later and they were like, well, we got to do this sailing trial. And I was like, no, we're, gonna, we're going for it. We're I'm all good do here. It.
0: Yeah, I've had yeah. diabetes for most of existence. I think I can figure yeah. this out. You know what's so yeah. funny is that your answer about why did I finally, after all those years, go to a pump, it mirrors almost exactly every parent I've ever had on who has type one, whose kids are later diagnosed going back to just last week. If anybody heard Lori last week in episode one eighty nine, right? It's, yep. it's love. Like it really yeah. it becomes parental love at some point. It's, yeah. it's, I want to do, I was okay. I don't know what the standard of care is, right? Like whatever you say, whatever in your mind, the gold standard is. But if I didn't think as a person living with type one, if I didn't think I was right up to that standard, it was okay because it was me and then the minute i bring my child into it i i need to push up against that ceiling and further because i need better for them it is yeah. um it's incredibly interesting i hope people hear that story enough to realize that even if you don't have a kid with type 1 diabetes if you have type 1 and you're an adult like you should like want the want the gold standard whatever that is i'm not telling you That's what it true. Is. i'm just saying want that yeah. for yourself because And I haven't said this in a long time, so it bears repeating now that we are up to almost 200 episodes. You don't want to be the person 10 years from now who looks at what everyone else is doing and says, oh, I didn't realize that the entire landscape of diabetes management has shifted and I did not go along with it. Like like if you stop and think, right, would you today be in such a good place if you were still on regular and MPH and didn't have a pump and didn't have a CGM? No, no. And so, and so wh- when things improve, and I'm not saying just change because they change, like don't, if you love, if you love your pump and somebody else comes out with a pump and has a funky color on it, I'm not saying change because, Hey, that one's cool. But I mean, when, when things make a leap, y- you sort of have to leap along with it or you'll get left behind. And that means you're leaving your health behind, I think.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's how yeah. I handle it for art. It
1: was a huge, it was a huge learning curve to, to transition though, because, Again, they were like, Mom has type 1 diabetes. Um, You're a nurse. So here's your pump. And I I initially treated it like I did injections Mm -hmm. by just bolusing and not using it um, to get the most out of it. And once I learned from you how to do extended boluses and temp basals, it was just, it changed things for both of us so much and made us so much more stable and in control of things. It's been amazing. I'm
0: very happy for you. That, that's excellent. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just, it's, you just don't want to be, you know, it's a bazooka. You, you don't kill a fly with a bazooka. It does all this great stuff. If you just want to kill the fly, just get a fly swatter. And so, yeah. you know, so it's fine. Like you have a pump. It's not just a way to not inject so many times, like, which I think is how doctors sell it to people. And and for whatever reason, but maybe because they don't understand and maybe because they're just trying to tease you into, you know, to doing it. But it's such a short changing. It's just like to think of a pump as just a way to get less injections is as insulting as it is to say that a Dexcom is an alarm to keep you from dying. It's just such a minimal concept. Like there's so much more to it than that. And, and easy to understand if someone can just explain it to you once. Like, it's, it doesn't take a lifetime to figure out. It's pretty simple. And so it's so cool that you did that. I'm, it's very nice that you had kind of like Mason's situation to kind of propel you that way. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, about his diagnosis?
1: on my radar that one of my children might get type one I never ever considered it at all and then I within like a week I noticed he was going to the bathroom at night and drinking a lot it was really hot summer so I kind of mentioned it to my husband and he was like oh yeah and then I smelled his breath and I smelled that metallic smell and um and then I I one night I just decided to go test him while he was sleeping. And I, I just knew, and it was off my meter, his number. And I, I just knew it just, can I, I had known. Him. Yeah.
0: Can I ask you how it struck you? Did you, were you upset? Did you cry? Did you get just resolved? Like, how did it hit you initially?
1: I, that I was right. That I knew, yeah, you, um, you
0: were like, damn it. I figured this out. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
1: excellent. <laughs> I just, it just was like, oh, all this stuff. And, you know, I look back on the previous month and the other things that had been going on, little things mm-hmm. here and there that it all made sense. Um, and I, I mean, people have asked me if I was devastated and it really wasn't. It was like, I was grateful that I was able to share it with him. I knew what it was and that we could do this. Um, it would have been different probably if it was anything else. And honestly, like the celiac diagnosis kind of threw me more for a loop because I, I that w- I didn't even, wasn't aware of that okay. at all. So I had never know. been tested for it. So I was kind of like, what? <laughs> but, um, but you know, it was, uh, a hard time initially with, with his diagnosis. And we were, we went to the hospital right away that night. And then we were discharged in the morning and had the education for a few hours on no sleep and got home. And I had that paper where they tell you what to give. And I was like, I need to follow this. You know, even though I knew everything. That's funny. I wanted a guide. Right. I just, I wasn't in an, it. Interesting. Yeah. So it took me like a few months and I knew things like they were just out of control. He was up and down and I was like, I know this can be better. I can see my lines here. I know how to do this. So I just have to figure it out for him. And it, it took me for a, wh- a little while, but boy, has, has it changed a lot. And the, the Dexcom and the, the Omnipod are just like the things that, that did it, really. It's
0: pretty cool. So I have a couple of questions. Yeah. When you win a board game, are you one of those people who gets up and yells like I like when you're like it's the maid in the pantry with a candlestick and it's right yeah. to stand up and like I knew it. Do you like <laughs> being right because that's such a great that's such a first of all your response says one, you've had diabetes for so long that you were like well I can do this like that's not a big deal the diabetes part's not a big deal from from right. your perspective you were uh-huh. I love that you were like I won. I I figured this out by myself. You're like Sherlock Holmes in that moment, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just explaining cool. to the whole room on the uh, on the Orient Express why how you figured out the whole thing. <laughs> I've blended nine different metaphors together there. And and so but <laughs> it's really funny. And then and then so you, you know, into the hospital and right back out again, you fall into this really interesting category that's come up a couple of times in the podcast too when there are medical people on, which is other medical people don't explain things to you because they just imagine you understand them already completely. Is that frustrating?
1: Um, well I find now that I do know a lot more in this, in this area with regards to diabetes, but, um, yeah, no, it is because I, I have to kind of take over and figure it out myself. um, so and that's, it is what you frustrating. Did.
0: and that's what you did when you saw him yeah. going up and down, up and down, especially when you were staying stable, right? Like you're, you had stability right. and he didn't.
1: Right. Right. hmm So I knew it was possible.
0: Yeah. Oh, please. You're the, you know, everybody has their own M&M story, which, mm-hmm. I, you know, which I've talked about here before. Somebody explained to me that so- they, you know, it was a, it was a nurse practitioner who told me they had a patient who used the Dexcom to figure out how to eat M&Ms without a spike. Yeah, And when I heard that, I think she was telling me a story about, look, you can eat candy. And what I was hearing was a story about there's a way to balance insulin and timing so that your blood yeah. sugar doesn't move. And that to me was like, that was it. Now some people will tell me, uh, like there's a blog post on my on my website about eating like French toast or Chinese food. Mm-hmm. And people speak to me about that. and I think to myself, oh, that's their M&M story. That's the moment they realized this is possible. Right. And so you actually had your own experience that you were able to say, look, I know this is possible because I do this for myself.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: What did you, what were the steps you took? Like how did you kind of hammer your way through it with your son?
1: I was seeking out how to do this and I was my endocrinologist. or his endocrinologist was saying, Oh no, you're, he's doing great. And I was like, no, this can be better for me. I know that this can be better. Um, So, and I would talk to like the school nurse and she'd say, oh yeah, this is normal. And I was still like, no, no. So, I mean, thank goodness I found your podcast. I started listening. I started taking into practice some of the ideas that you were talking about and started figuring it out, how insulin reacted in his body to different foods and different times and different situations. And then started texting with him and gave him some freedom to be away from me and be able to do things on his own with my help. And, um, and that's how very quickly, like within six months, his A1C went from 6.7 to 5.4.
0: Wow. You were already doing well. And then, yeah, well, yeah. that's, am- by the way, you're one of the people who Listen, I don't want to dissuade anybody, but I'm doing my best to keep up with all the messages, and and I love talking to everybody. But Leah, you're one of the people that, like, as I've gotten your messages through the months, I can see your momentum building. Like, like you, do you know what I mean by that? Like, you kind of, like, I see you hit a little thing, then you kind of go past it, yep. and it's yep. so like heartwarming to look at from my perspective. Please, no one think that if I answer you back in a short way, that I'm not just like, oh my god, this is amazing. Uh, but you're not the only one sending a message, but at the same time i love I love seeing it because yours was to your just to your point very quick I thought like you really like ascended that hill quickly it was it was really cool to see it it was just genuinely um i don't know like it 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 reinforced for me what I was doing you were helping me you didn't probably realized at the time but you gave me confidence about what I was doing when I was seeing what was happening for you. So thank you.
1: Thank you too. <laughs> yeah. It
0: really is. It, it's 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 I mean, I said heartwarming already, but it's beyond that. It's uh it's just sometimes I need the confidence too because you know, it doesn't work for everybody. There are some people right. who listen to this podcast and they leave too early or they don't it doesn't strike them the right way. Or some right. people you know, some people tell me, I wish you would you know, I wish the that the episodes were more Directional, and i i don't I don't know how to explain to them that like my brain doesn't really work that way like this yeah. is the best I can offer you, you know yeah. so, um, um, I feel like I let people down sometimes, but it was really nice to see what happened to you and your son,
1: yeah, and it's not to say that it's not a struggle to do this um, it's it's very challenging. I don't sleep, I mean between his beeping and my beeping it's there's a um, a lot of interrupted nights, but I really try to take it on with um with no fear and i lived my life with no fear nobody ever taught me fear around diabetes when i was diagnosed and so i didn't hold that and i see a lot of um comments and um posts on social media now um about um fear and challenges and i and i think everyone's experience is different but i've found a lot of value in um, having confidence in um, my ability to manage myself and my son.
0: Good for you. Because there's something that happens in social media to to that point. So some people are just afraid. And right on, there's plenty to be afraid of, right? So I, I get that. But I think there's also plenty of people trying to build presences on social media. And they do it sometimes by attracting people in with the, with the fear, like, you know, leading, leading statements, like, you, you know, like when you when your kid falls, mm-hmm. you don't say, Oh my God, you're hurt. Come here. You, you don't do that because then you put them in the mindset that they're hurt. Like, you know, like right. that. you don't act shocked when they fall over because it shocks them. And, right, then, the and, reaction. Then you, don't, and you don't ask them a leading question. Where does it hurt? Because then they'll Mm -hmm. be like, well, you know what, come to think of it. And you know, like you can lead people to that direction. And I think on social media in the, sometimes, sometimes people will, will sort of do that. They'll, they'll kind of pluck at heartstrings to get people to follow and like, and things like that. And I, I'm just much, I'm much more in the idea of put out positive stuff that you know works and let people find Mm -hmm. it and come to it as they will. You, you, there's no reason to try to force somebody into it. Uh, you you can't do that, and you shouldn't try to do that because they're not ready. I have a, a number of emails that start off with "Your podcast is unrealistic, and this doesn't work," yeah. and blah blah blah. Yeah. And you know it, they're they're this close to being like "Go to hell." And then three months later, it's like, I kept listening and, you know, sorry for the first email and and I'm just like, Hey, it's all right, right on whatever, you know, but, but it's understandable because they just weren't in the right space when the information hit them the first time.
1: Yeah. Well, I was, I've been in that space and it's funny when I first found your podcast, I went to my husband and I told him oh, you should listen to this podcast with me. He's saying this and this. And he's like, honey, I've been telling you this for three months now. You didn't hear me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm
0: so sorry. He was just probably used to not being listened to and really yeah. didn't know a way to fight through it.
1: It was just being ready to take the information in. Being ready. Yeah.
0: I, I looked at my family the other day in my private life and I said, four words, four words. And they're looking right at me. And I'm like, no one listens. To me, and then they just turned around and walked away. (laughs) I was like, See, see, you're not listening now. I make sense sometimes, you know. Then I'm like, Babbling, we're outside in the parking lot. I'm like, There are people online who listen to me, and (laughs) my wife's like, They don't know you, and I'm like, Oh, well, that's not the point. (laughs) Anyway, in your own home, no one listens to you, and and, but but you're 100% right. He's it's such a great example, too. You're he's standing there telling you something. That just three months later, you're going to be like, hey, Eureka, and while he's going, I've been saying this for 90 days in a row. And you just weren't ready to hear it. Like, it's just a very, yeah. that's very common, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But the point is, and the point has to be, to everyone listening, is that this diabetes thing, it's got its own life cycle, right? And and you right now, whether you're listening to the podcast or following some Facebook group or you're on Instagram or wherever you're at trying to find your community, right now that place feels like the whole world and it's got names and and avatars that you recognize. And what you need to understand is that six months from now, on average, you won't be there anymore and either will those people. It's a very few that stay behind and do this sort of thing, this podcast and some really great blogs and stuff like that. Most people go through this process and then they leave. And that is the best part. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again right here. When your name disappears out of my messages, when your face no longer strikes a chord with me when I see it in an avatar, that means you're off living your life somewhere. And then everything I tried to do, if you were if you were listening to me and you got anything out of it, like that's a success. It's hard for you to imagine right now because we do correspond. That, that right. one day you just won't, think to ever talk to me again. And, and that'll be a great day for you. It really will be.
1: Yes. I'm still in the process of figuring things out. I feel like.
0: Of course. it It takes forever. Like, like, like the big pieces for you fell into place, like you said, pretty quickly over a number of months, but still now that you're using kind of bigger ideas, the experience, the ability to have those experiences are going to be fewer and farther between. And so it's going to take you longer for this thing to come up this time and that time and this time. I screwed up today. When I saw the bend in Arden's Dexcom line, I should have bolused then. And I didn't because I didn't. Her blood sugar's 140. It's going to go back down again on that mm-hmm. last bolus uh, that you heard me give her. But I could have stopped the 140 with less insulin a half an hour before And I just, well, you know what was going on. My dogs were not behaving and I was trying to start the podcast and there was a lot of stuff going on. But in that moment, right then and there, had I put a half of unit in, just a half a unit, then she would have leveled off. I'm thinking more like 110 and instead now 140. And you think, well, that's not bad. I don't think it's bad. I really want to be clear about that. I don't think my daughter's blood sugar being 140, 90 minutes after I bowls for lunch while she was at school, by the way, with a banana Grapes, a half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a grab bag of Cheetos, a juice bag that does have some sugar in it, something mm-hmm. else, something else. Oh, let me see if I say this to you, if you know what I'm talking about. My daughter did this to me the other day, Arden told me. One of those cookies. Yeah. <laughs> when I say one of those cookies, does anything pop into your head? I guess an Oreo. Okay. So in, apparently around here, when the kids say one of those cookies to each other, they mean those Cookies that are about four inches around and have this big swath of icing over top of them, you usually buy them at a place like Costco. They vaguely taste like cookies. They're always served at birthday parties. You're all nodding along at home now if you've ever seen them before. My daughter says when she says to somebody, hey, I'm going to have one of those cookies, they actually know what everyone's talking about. Oh, my goodness. They're not food. I think they have like 36 grams of carbs in them, like for one. And it's wow. gotta be poison, I'm not. A, I'm 100% sure. So think about it, a banana of varying size, I don't remember how big it was, a half of a sandwich with jelly and peanut butter and a piece of bread, one of those cookies, a grab bag of Cheetos, a handful of grapes, I don't know how many, a juice box that I think has eight carbs in it, and something else, and I didn't count the carbs, I just gave her this insulin, and, and had I, right. had I reacted when I knew to react, Everything would have went perfectly. And still, a complete nutter failure is 140 blood sugar that's stable. Honestly, this is the perfect time to talk about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You just heard that story about Arden's meal, all those foods, not even having to count carbs, just putting in the insulin, following the trends, taking care of business. That is all possible because of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. The ad should stop here. I'm just telling you, just go get it. Dexcom.com forward slash and the music, go do it. But I know you might need some more convincing. So I'm going to tell you a story. I met someone recently who has had diabetes for 21 years. And even though they had a Dexcom, they weren't thinking about the data correctly. So their blood sugars were jumping all over the place and they could see it, it was driving them crazy. 60, 400, 60, 400, all day long. This person and I spoke for about a half an hour. I showed them how to interpret the data coming back from their glucose monitor. And the very next day, my hand to God, the very next day, this person sent me back a 24 hour graph that was so flat and beautiful Without spikes or lows, it, it just warmed my heart in a way that you can't imagine. Maybe you can imagine. I was so thrilled for her. How did she make those decisions? With the information coming back to her with her Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. And you can do that too by going to Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. Those links are also available at JuiceboxPodcast.com and in the show notes of your podcast player. Get yourself a G6. Get Yourself a flat graph. These are my results. Yours may vary. Once you have your Dexcom, you'll have all this extra free time you won't be spending paying attention to your blood sugar. You know what you do with that time? You go to dancingfordiabetes.com, dancingthenumber4diabetes.com. Then you check them out on Facebook and on Instagram, and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. And we could all use some more warm and fuzzy.
1: That's not a bad failure, right? But it's an amazing. I know, thing. I know. Yeah. Cause I could hear all that and know how much insulin I would take for that meal, Mm -hmm. but I'm still figuring it out what it would take for Mason's meal for that. And, and it is like a little science experiment where I see what I'm doing and then trying it again next time differently. And, and some, and it's great when it works. And then I learn when it doesn't.
0: Yep. You just did. That's it. Just again, they're not mistakes. They're experiences. And you just learn next yeah. time. I called it a mistake this time because I, from past experiences, saw what was going to happen, and just I didn't have the bandwidth to handle it at that moment, and so yeah. something gave, and and that's what gave. But still, that's a miss, and a miss. Uh, I you know I, I hear people sometimes because I will share Arden's A one C. Arden's A one C right now is five four. And That's I think fantastic. People, and I think people think that means her blood sugar is 85 constantly.
1: No. They don't
0: realize if, if Arden's blood sugar was 85 constantly, her A1C would be like 4.6 or something like that. And right. so it's not, you know, just because she went up to 140 for what's going to end up being an hour is not a big deal. If I ate something with a lot of carbs and it, my blood sugar would probably go up to 140 for an hour. You know, so it's not the end of the world. Right. As long as it doesn't stay there or go higher and mm-hmm. it comes back, it's it, – it, Perfection's not the goal. I've never once had a, a goal of perfection. My 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 goal is easy life. Not think about diabetes very often. Stay fluid. You know, address insulin when it needs to be addressed. And other than that, yeah, you know, I don't really think about it very often. I'm thinking about it now because you and I are talking about it. Right. Even if we weren't, I would just think, okay, I bolused this extra unit. This is the amount of time. Plus, you don't know. This is the last day of her pump. It expires right. in a couple of hours. Uh, she's got a little bit of a, excuse me. She has a little bit of a head cold. There's a a lot going on. You know. And by the way, as you're trying to figure Mason out, they grow. I don't know yeah. if the, anyone. You probably know this, oh, yeah, because you know, you're a nurse. But they get bigger and uh, they get taller. All it happens all the time. Yeah. And and every time it happens, they need more insulin.
1: Yeah, he gained f- fifteen pounds this year.
0: Yeah. Right, but a light doesn't go off <laughs> on their head or something, so you know. Like, like yeah. there's no like bell yeah. in the background that goes ding, 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 and you go. Oh, we have to move up our insulin by thirty uh, percent. Like, it's just right? you just have to. I always like when I find myself looking at her thinking she looks bigger. I I don't. Then the next thing I think is, have I been seeing blood sugars that are acting the way I expect them to? Because if not, she probably needs more insulin now. It's um, it's really quite a ride. At least you don't have periods. That'll be a good
1: thing. You know- I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: Th- that didn't never <laughs> impact your life?
1: No, not that I I just didn't even no one ever said that and um like the information I was getting was little. I got little information and we didn't have social media. I wasn't reading on diabetes blogs or Instagram at that time. Right. So I just didn't know these things and there was a lot of things like I had never heard of and that was one of them. I never noticed that. And I didn't know that was a thing.
0: So here's why that's amazing. I'm glad that came up. Here you are, again, like an island unto yourself. You're not really touching anybody else that has diabetes. And you're living a life where you're fluid with your insulin. You're giving yourself insulin when you need insulin. You're, you're, you have an expectation right. of mm-hmm. a blood sugar and you're trying to keep yourself within it, right? Yes. And so that when your needs increase, you just increase your insulin, you don't, stop. Right. you don't stop and think, oh, this is the thing I heard that guy talk about one time that happens. Like, you don't do that. You just... No. And yeah. that goes right to what I say on the podcast, right? Like, when your blood sugar is high, stop wondering what's happening and give yourself yep. more insulin because it doesn't sort of in the moment matter what's happening. What matters is your blood sugar is trying to go higher and, and why is your blood sugar high? Because you don't have enough insulin. It's the same reason as why is your blood sugar low? You have too much insulin. You've mistimed it. There's not enough combination of those two ideas that that's the same for high or low. And so you were just doing that and not thinking about the others. Yes. That's such a good lesson for everyone. Is everyone listening? uh, (laughs) That's, that's amazing. That's what, that's, that's gotta be your takeaway from this episode. It doesn't mean don't listen to the last 15 minutes, but that has to be your takeaway from this episode, which is, which is that look what it was. It was working for Leah the whole time and she didn't even really know she was doing it. It was just it was just I guess no. you didn't want to go back to the hospital since you were 16, right?
1: You know, I just yeah. Oh, that was a big thing, but I figured out how to do it and I didn't I didn't rely on my doctor to figure it out for me. Mm-hmm. I if I needed to stack, I stacked. If they told me not to, I just said okay and walked out and did my thing. And it was working, so they didn't question me. I'd go in, they'd say, oh, looks good. Keep doing what you're doing. And I did all my appointments. I did all my labs. I had my eyes checked, my feet checked, you know, when I was supposed to. And, yep, it worked. So that was that. I yeah. am
0: getting to the point now with Arden's endo appointments where, I hate to say this, and I don't, ver- I don't vocalize it to her or anywhere else, but I'm starting to feel like they're a waste of our time, mostly.
1: Do you go every three months?
0: I do, and I'm starting
1: to think it's I was it's gonna, gonna be ask my yeah, I was gonna ask my son's endocrinologist if we could switch to every six months at some point because, um, I mean we're getting we're doing our A1Cs there, but I'm I'm making the changes on his pump. You know, they look at it. His he's in with, within range. His deviation is great. So um, if he keeps going, I don't. See why we would? I mean, at some point, I I may question them about it.
0: I'm even um, wondering I, if it can't be ever just four months and just go three times a year, like because yeah, yeah. The last couple times, right. I'm sitting there, and they're like, "Hey, she looks good." And Arden's like, "Thanks," and you know, like she's <laughs> bored. Last time, Arden brought her friends with her. There was like a room full of girls. I don't know if you saw. That oh, picture that's the so sticker. cute. Yeah, and so that's the, adorable. She's just like, "Come on, it's Love boring. It. Come with me." And so they all they yeah. all went with her. But five minutes into it, once, hey, your A1C's back, it's five, four, yay. Even at that, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I already have the clarity app. I kind of knew what it was gonna be to begin with. And, you know, and 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 I'm like, all right. And then she starts asking me questions about stuff. <laughs> have you heard about this pump thing? And I'm like, wait a yeah. minute, I'm paying you. Yeah. Like, like, are you gonna give me $40? Then because <laughs> I had to give you $40 to come in here. And right. and then, you know, there's a bill later. And and I'm like, I don't I mean, I'm spending you know, even it's minimal, we have really good insurance, I'm not going to lie to you. But I mean, I still spend five or $600 a year just to go to those appointments. And apparently what comes from them is the doctor asks me questions about diabetes. So yeah,
1: I had a similar situation at work last week, I was meeting with the diabetes educators at the hospital to do an in service in my unit. And I asked them about the because it wasn't in our medication administration charting. And, um, and they said, what is that? I was like, well, you know, I'm learning all this stuff from a podcast and, you know, and on Instagram. So,
0: you know, leave me alone and get on Instagram. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's step it up a little bit, but it's moving fast. And I, I don't know. It just seems like it's moving very fast.
0: This is going to be, I think a breakneck time because yeah. T slim just came out with their what do they call that basal IQ, which is, I guess, yeah. bas- basically low glucose to spend, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and Dexcom stuff is hammering along. And they just got I just saw one of their financial reports, they're finally making money. So I can't wait to see what they do in R&D now that they have more money to spend. And, uh, you, you know, and, and yeah. so that's moving along. I may or may not know what Omnipod is doing, but they're hammering along very quickly with what they're trying to accomplish with their artificial pancreas and and, uh, the horizon system that's coming out, you know, as soon as they can get it out.
1: It's so exciting. And I love how you say it's like the baby stages of it all. That's what's barely started.
0: Yeah, it really has. You can't even count. You can't even count regular and NPH and your meter that took a half a gallon of blood to give you a a reasonably inaccurate accounting of your blood sugar you you know like that time was that was before the sun came up like don't even worry about that like we're talking about we're talking about in the last i don't know seven ish years when dexcom first started to to release their products and and then that next one that came out that the accuracy picked up and then the accuracy leaped and it leaped again and that we're right there like something's about to happen you, you know and I'm I'm heartened. For me, like I'm not one of those people who's like they're gonna cure it. I don't think they're gonna cure it. Not in my kid's lifetime. Well, the part I'm excited about is is automation before she goes to college. Like that really yeah. is my like horizon goal. Like yeah. for, for me, and I and I mean that figuratively, literally. I that is my off in the horizon thought, and it is my hope for the horizon system when when Omnipod releases it. I want. Because I just watched my son go to college for the first time last month. Oh my God you know as a freshman and he is incredibly fit, incredibly athletic, bright uh, on the baseball team at his college, doesn't drink like is like he's a he's a fairly together person. And some people might be laughing right now going, oh, that funny man thinks his kid's not drinking at college. My son called <laughs> my son called me two weeks into college to tell me that guys on his team, pulled him aside privately and said how impressive they thought it was that he doesn't drink. Oh, and, and like, and so, That's wonderful. and even in that, thank you. Even in that he got a head cold, a pretty bad head cold in his second week. And it almost killed him because he wouldn't give up on classes. He wasn't going to give up on baseball, but he lost like eight pounds in a week. He was just, oh, he, wow. you know, he was, he'd come up on, on, you know, FaceTime And I'd be, I said, my wife was like, he doesn't look good. And I was like, no, I've been talking to him. I shipped him medicine. Like, you know, I sent him to the wellness center. And if he was managing diabetes by himself, really by himself for the first time in his life and all Mm -hmm. of that happened at once, I can't even imagine. Like, you know, when you say something's got to give, you know, it's the diabetes that gives, you you know, you know, you say to yourself, well, I'm going to let my blood sugar be a little higher because I'm overwhelmed now. And I just think if that automation exists and it can it can buoy Arden in college, I just think, wow, well, imagine what it's gonna do for younger people and older people who are not in as stressful of a situation every day. Like I think it's gonna be amazing.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited. And my kids, they're eight and nine, so they got a while to go before college, but it's exciting, yeah.
0: But, but still, if you're using Omnipod and Dexcom now, and I don't know yeah. timelines, I'm I really don't. But say less than two years from now, your Omnipod's talking to your Dexcom, and you're, mm-hmm. and you're telling a little thing on your phone, "Hey, I just had a big meal," or you know, or it figures out at three o'clock in the morning that you're going to be low ten, twenty, thirty, forty minutes from now. Like, just imagine what a what an incredible leap that is and then and then that's not the exciting part the exciting part is you went from Dexcom G7 you know seven plus not G7 Mm -hmm. seven plus I don't know seven eight years ago to this less than a decade later like imagine five years after that like we can't I can't even imagine what's going to come five years after that that's going to be the that's going to be the spot where you know you're going to get disco ball lights and all the extra like bells and whistles are going to come it's going to be really something
1: yeah, I'm hoping I can get some sleep.
0: <laughs> it's a reasonable goal, Leah. I think you should. <laughs> yes. <still do> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. So I just girl. I hope it. I hope that the technology does it as well as I would do it. I guess that's the only thing.
0: It's my it's my selling point right there too. Is it as long as and I think the Medtronic's in that boat right now. Like it has a target goal of like 120. Uh huh. I don't. I don't want automation that targets at 120. And so I understand if it has to, you know, if they, it, because it's so new, I don't, I don't not understand why Medtronic might've made that decision, but that's not as, that's not as good as what we're experiencing. So I needed to do that I, from all accounts. And I genuinely don't know anything, but I know that Omnipod is shooting for a user defined. Their um, own. Yeah. Blood sugar. And I don't know if, mm-hmm. please, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I just know that's their goal. So hopefully that, that ends up working out that way because that's, that's amazing. I want to dial, I want to dial that goal to 90 and, you know, and see, see how that works. That, that, I can't wait. Else. Yeah. Even if it came close to that, it would be amazing. Yeah. Um, so tell me something. We have like five minutes left. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can fix something for you. Right. Why are you not sleeping? Besides you have two people with diabetes and you're
1: one of them. Um, yeah, it's just the alarms going off. Um, uh, sometimes, sometimes, so I'll, I'll keep his, his Dexcom set at 75 during school hours and then I won't switch it back. And then at nighttime, you know, if he's going under 75, um, it'll start beeping
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then it's good. Cause then I can like turn him off for a half hour um but then i'm kind of awake just to make sure that it's going the way i want it to go um last night i was running high my pod needed to get changed and i was just too tired to do it so i just kept like trying to bolus myself and then ended yeah i just yeah i needed to change it so i did that early this morning I hear you.
0: It's, it's so, so the answer is you have two people in your life that have diabetes and yeah. one of them is yeah. you and one of them is the person you love.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah. and I always used to wake up at least once a night to chest, test my blood sugar before my Dexcom. So it's, that's not new, but it's the, once the Dexcom came and just trying to keep things in really great control overnight um, and sometimes, you know, he just starts going up and so I'm staying up to bolus him until I get him where I want him to be overnight.
0: I have to say, I, uh, ours are like in, in like spits and like fits and spits or fits and what is that I <laughs> saying? I don't know the <laughs> saying fits and spurts. Maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't have the internet in front of me right now, but anyway, <laughs> it's like, so last night, blood sugar, great all night, you know, been like that for three days. At some Mm -hmm. point last week, there were three days where I was like, oh, like she wanted to be low all the time. And, you know, and there was, there's been times this month where she wanted to be higher. And it's just, it's, you know, I sleep through some of them. And, you know, like the, obviously these real steady nights are easy to sleep through. The low nights, I, I don't have, I'm not as good as just ignoring them and going back to sleep. The high nights, I'm okay with bolusing, going back to sleep and waking up again. And so, you know, it's just, again, it's diabetes. Like you can't expect it to always be, it's not always an 85 blood sugar. It doesn't matter how good your A1C is. Absolutely. And some people might say, well, I'm comfortable with a blood sugar higher than that overnight. And I even make that decision at some point. I was sick a couple of weeks ago and mm-hmm. Arden's blood sugar was sitting at 140. And I thought to myself, I got to, I, I have to go to sleep. Like I can't. I can't do this right now, so I just let her blood sugar be one hundred and forty overnight. I did my best for it not to be, and I and I went to sleep. You know, yeah, you have to take care of yourself too at some point. Leah, thank you. How did this go for you? Thank How you did you, Scott.
1: feel? It was great. I was a little nervous, but it it was exciting too. And you know, it's nice to be able to talk about diabetes and that. You know, I just I talk about it a lot now, and I never did before, so. Period. It's pretty great. It's made things better.
0: Well, um, I think you guys are very lucky to have each other. Obviously, I think yeah. he's he's helped you a lot in ways that you're still probably figuring out, and, and you're obviously, you know, helping him in a, in immense ways. So, and your husband's telling you all the right stuff that you just want to listen to him.
1: <laughs> I try to. Which, by the way,
0: <laughs> I assume my wife would say you were right to do. And to continue to ignore that man because he does not have your best interest at heart, even though he probably does. And it's just fun to think he doesn't for some reason. I don't know why you women hate us. <laughs> That's a blanket statement, but it, it ha- there's at least once a day, I think to myself, if that woman wants to kill me, why doesn't she just smother me with a pillow? <laughs> like, why is it taking so long? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, why is she just picking away at me super, super slow? Like, why not just do it? I'm going to tell a funny story, and then I'm going to let you go. There's these people I don't really know very well from the town I live in. It's to say that over the years, our kids have played similar sports, and we've been next to each other in horrible situations in gymnasiums and baseball fields once or twice. And this person tells me what I still consider to be one of the funniest stories I'm going to tell you over Basil snoring in the background right now. She said that one night she woke up. And her husband was standing next to the bed holding a pillow. And now keep in mind, he just needed an extra pillow. He went to a rocking chair in the corner to get an extra pillow. But she opened her eyes. Her husband was standing there with a pillow. And she said her first thought was, and I can't curse in the podcast. Her first thought was, F, I was going to kill him. (laughs) She said there was a split second where she thought, Ah, he got to it first. He got to it first. And she said that was exactly the, she thought, you know, the F word. I was going to kill him. And then she was giving up in that moment. She thought, oh, well, he beat me to it. Fair's fair. And
1: uh, (laughs) they've
0: been married for a very long time. You can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I would do if my first thought when I saw my wife moving through the room was, oh, God, she's going to kill me. But I th- Yeah,
1: that's not a good sign. I
0: don't think it's a great sign at all, but it's a funny, <laughs> funny story. So uh, just try to imagine it with the cursing. It's really hilarious. <laughs> anyway, that's the big secret I tell anybody. If you ever speak to me in private, the first thing you're going to realize is that my ability not to curse on this podcast is a monumental, a monumental experience on my end because I love to curse. And so yeah. that I don't do it in this hour, a number of times a week, sometimes it's hard to believe. Actually, <laughs> so I was on a I was on a call the other day with one of the companies who buys ads on the podcast, and my wife was working from home. And she goes, "Well done, you only cursed twice in a half an hour yeah. <laughs> on a business call." I'm like, "They know to expect it. It's fine." <laughs> Anyway, please say hello to your son for me and your whole family. and thank you. So I
1: will much for and doing thank this. you, Scott. Thank you so much. I've just I really appreciate everything you do, and you're doing amazing work, and it's definitely has affected us and helped us. So we appreciate it and thank you.
0: Those sentiments mean a lot to me. so I, I very much appreciate you sharing them. Thank you very much. Huge thanks to Leah for coming on the show, sharing her life with type one, as well as her sons. And if you're enjoying the program, I mean, if you like the podcast, please keep in mind it's here because of the sponsors. And then you check them out. You click on the links in the show notes and you look at them. You say, Hey, maybe Scott's onto something here and that helps everything. You know what I mean? By helps. I mean, the podcast is free because of the ads. You got to visit the sponsors. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You go to realgoodfoods.com, use the offer code juice box, and you save 20% on your order. And then once you've got your insulin pump and your CGM and you're all happy and you've seen the pictures of the little kids with diabetes dancing at dancingfordiabetes.com, you make yourself some cauliflower crust pizza and some chicken poppers and you sit back and relax. And you say to yourself, This has been a good day. And just a quick note about the episodes that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the ones that are going to be with Jenny Smith, the certified diabetes educator who's been on the program a number of times before. Those episodes are going to come out in blocks. Sometimes there'll be two or three at a time. So when you see one, check back to make sure you got them all. Now, they're not going to be as long as the other episodes in the podcast, the interview style episodes. They're going to be more. Some of them will be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. 45 minutes, whatever it takes for Jenny and I to go over specific management ideas in very complete ways. Jenny and I have been having a terrific time recording these episodes. I cannot wait to get them onto your podcast player and into your ears. I think you're going to love them.